And we're back at LaMagicast. want to welcome everybody. Thank you again for listening. Got a very, very special show today. First, we're coming off a big win over Sassuolo, 2 nothing, And we've got Alex. Welcome back, Alex. Hi, guys. And a very special guest. We have Jeffrey Busman, who is one of the founders of the AS Roma Philly Club. Jeffrey, welcome to LaMagicast. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, we're very, very excited. This is something we've wanted to do for a while now is to start to reach out to some of the, uh, some of the clubs and, and get you guys involved with the podcast and we can kind of, uh, get involved with your groups. And, uh, so mm-hmm. why don't you give, uh, give everybody, uh, a little bit of a, uh, some background as to how the group got formed and, and what it is that you all are doing. Absolutely. So we got started um, in the spring of last year, 2013, um, which was when we had our first um, official meetup. And the the galvanizing um, moment was, of course, that uh, the Coppa Italia final was was going to be a derby. um, And that really um, rallied a bunch of people to get together. Um, to 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 meet um, out uh, at a bar and and watch and support together as a group. And um, before that, I had known and, and connected online um, and been friendly with some people who I knew were Roma supporters. Um, but there was there was no cohesion, um, no organization yet. Um, and so uh, you know, thankfully, Facebook and Twitter have have made. Um, very useful tools in locating people um, and and rallying people. Absolutely. So no cohesion and no organization. That sounds an awful lot like La Magicast. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that 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 counts for a present day as well, wouldn't you say, Alex? Yeah, I'm afraid so. Well, I think you I think you need to give yourselves a lot more credit. It's uh, definitely a you know a wonderful podcast that. Uh, that I do enjoy listening to, so I'm I'm just happy to be on it. Oh, awesome! awesome. Thank you, thank you so much. We'll pay you later for that endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about today's game. As I mentioned earlier, two zero win, um, another three points necessary, another three points against a team that really kind of demands that we take the three. Unfortunately, first half of the year that was not the case. So, uh, Alex, you caught the full game run. So let's start with you. Overall thoughts uh, about the performance by the team? It, it was a game with two different Roma teams, I think. I think the first half was Roma dominating, being in full control. You know, when you have that comfortable feeling that Roma's right. in control, you just expect something bad to happen. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But actually, <laughs> we, we scored when we had to because we, we created a lot of, uh, you know, not two big chances, but we, we looked decent in the final third, and then suddenly Destro, like he always have done the last games, he gets the ball and, and he scores. So the first half was actually pretty good. Um, and the second half, I don't know how you guys saw the second half, but it wasn't too too great from a Roma perspective. If we wanted to uh, learn, learn the lesson... Um, from the first leg against Sassuolo earlier in the year um, that, um, you know, certainly we would have needed to bag at least another goal at some point um, in the half. And, you know, I, I think that um, the, the points where um, we just weren't holding the ball um, 
up um, in Sassuolo's half uh, certainly just felt uh, frustrating. They certainly didn't seem um, like they were really threatening um, to us too badly um, to score. But nevertheless, there is always um, that risk, um, as we saw, um, at home, no less, um, in the fall. But uh, I think... Um, uh, Mr. Garcia certainly got everything just right um, with with his subs, and personally, I was was very pleased uh, for Bastos to to score um, just because of uh, the amount of, of stick that that he has gotten, mm-hmm. and um, uh, it was it was nice, um, a very nice moment for him to to score that goal, which of course was crafted by. The three subs of Tadej and Totti and 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 Bastos himself. Yep. Yeah. I look back and you know, it's been a bit since we've recorded, so there's been a lot of games that have been played. And uh, just looking back at the last few, and certainly you know to kind of bridge this part of the conversation into uh, our talk on the the recent form of Mattia Destro, who has certainly been fantastic, uh, mm-hmm. but. One thing I want to kind of talk about, and it kind of is what I got out of uh, the second half and a little bit of the first half that I saw, is that our ability to create goals from controlling possession has really died down uh, compared to the the first half of the year. And mm-hmm. our, you know, the two goals today were both off of you know strong defensive plays on our end to, to force turnovers or taking advantage of bad mistakes by, you know, by the opponent. Um, uh, but but generally, you know, we really haven't been able to create too, too much uh, compared to the first half of the year. So I'm just trying to figure out if, if, if it's a fatigue issue, um, if it's trying to, you know, figure out the, the best formula for the, the players on the pitch. Um, but generally, I'd say our, our ability to get the final pass and finish in the final third is the last in, in looking at the last, say, chunk of games, large chunk of games, a little bit more akin to um, the past than, say, the first half of the year where it really seemed like Roma could, you know, create whenever they needed the uh, the chance to. So. You know, I, I look at even, you know, Destro's goal um, last week is very similar to uh, to this one. So with the, mm-hmm. you know, the pass kind of coming through the middle. Actually, his last four goals have been, I think, or three goals have been very, very similar um, with the ball that's kind of, you know, getting to him through the middle and, you know, offside or not. Uh, you know, he's been doing a great job of finishing, which is fantastic because that's his job. But I'm just getting a little concerned that, our our ability to break teams down is suffering. But I don't know if that's a midfield issue or a front line issue. Is it uh, still the Tosti issue? He didn't play for more than I don't know. Was it 50 minutes? He was yeah, very little. He was involved in the in a goal. Uh, I I just think maybe um, it's due to the the big difference in how we play yeah. with a false nine compared to the. Striker, uh, Destro type. Uh, some of these um, issues could even be traced um, uh, very obviously to the lack of um, 
the the muscularity of somebody like Strutman, um and also um, the uh, the the several games that Derossi, um had to sit out, um, where we um, uh, were relying more on the the craftiness uh, in the midfield right. um, rather than uh, a combination of that with um, some blunt force, if you will. Yeah. And I, that's a really good point, and I, I think when you look at the guy that's generally replaced but certainly worthy of uh starting 11 time based on his performance and and looking at Nangolan um the guy just is, has been an absolute beast on the pitch um but at the same point in time you know I think maybe he's uh I don't want to say limited but he hasn't shown as much going forward as he has um you know with his work rate type of play mm-hmm. uh and 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 uh, you know, we can call things as they are. Strutman wasn't exactly lighting up the pitch either with, with assists. I mean, he's, you know, his responsibilities were very similar. He had quite a few assists though. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. They, mm-hmm. they both have, have done their, their jobs well. I'm just saying like in terms of, you know, you, he's a lot closer to Raja than he is to a Pianic in terms of what it is they're trying to do on the pitch. Absolutely. So. Is his job is to bring balance uh, between the attack and the defense, I think. Right. So he's more or less stuck in the middle when Pjanic uh, push forward. He's never in front of him. He's either on the side or behind him. Uh, right. So uh, he's doing the dirty work, and I think he does it quite, quite good. They both, yeah, they both have done uh, a phenomenal job. Speaking of. Whether it's Raja or Strutman, that's that's kind of in that additional slot, and you know it's mm. been a huge, huge pickup. Um, but I do, I do agree, and you know, no surprise to those that either follow me on Twitter or listen to the show that I'm going to push some of the blame on Pjanic because I just, I just don't think we're getting out of him what we need to. I, I think we're missing a lot of that connection between midfield. <sighs> And, and the front line, and he's just, you know, his play in the final third has been not stellar. Um, so, but I'm, I am probably of most Roma fans I know his harshest critic. So I don't want to, I don't want to harp too much on it. I'll you guys kind of mm-hmm. talk about what you think is, uh, additionally problematic. What do you think it's, um, is it a Pjanic issue or is it the style we play? I mean, is it tactical more than personal? Well, when you have the ball and you're trying to get the ball to somebody that's, you know, inside the box or in the final third or maneuver the defense around so as to create chances for the rest of your players, that's the same no matter what your, you know, tactical or strategic plan is. And when you've consistently and repeatedly don't pull those off, I think that that's an issue. Um, so that's yeah. where I, I generally find fault. can easily say that, you know, first part of the year as well, um, when Pjanic was playing a heck of a lot better, uh, Gervinho, who, you know, has had a fantastic year, uh, but I think it was the, the game against Torino, he had the ball in the box like four or five times and didn't do anything, you know, whether it was a missed pass or lost control of the ball. 
Um, and these things happen, and I totally get that. But I'm just saying that these are the things that are maybe a little bit different um, than the first half when the chances came a little bit more freely. Number one, number two, we converted on them a little bit better. I would just also um, wonder out loud um, if the contract situation and the and the interest um, in Pjanic from other clubs um, is providing some kind of a distraction for his play. And, and obviously he's, uh, you know, they're, they're all professionals, but um, there, there must be something, you know, in, in, in the back of his mind um, where it can, it can uh, have a psychological um, effect, certainly. Um, so I might just suggest that there, there, there might be a little bit of a twinge, you know, that's, that's, that's holding him uh, a block, a mental block in some way. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. So let's let's talk a little bit about the contract. Uh, you know, I think the story came out. I, I don't know if it was ever confirmed, but uh, Rome was looking at around four million, and that he had turned it down. Um, I'm going to put this to you guys because I'm sure everybody would know my answer. Um, but let's just leave it at four million. Do you think that that's a fair price for his services? It would be a terrible shame to to lose him, um, you know, without having uh, re-signed um, with the release clause, um, uh, especially the way that that his uh, his career has has really flowered um, uh, at Roma. And I just feel that um, you know we're uh, the, the club and and Pjanic are not so far apart that um, it can't it can't be uh, taken care of. I haven't made up my mind, you know, about how um, gutted, you know, I would be to to see to see him leave for PSG or, or a, a club of that nature. But um, I'm I'm sure that we would really wisely reinvest um, with any payout that that would be reaped from that if if we can uh, get that done. I think that's the important thing here is that we've shown at least recently that losses of personnel uh, are recoupable. Now, granted, we don't expect every Marquinhos to produce a Benatia, um, but at the same point in time, you know, I think it really shows that uh, anybody not of those two Roman gods uh, is available to go. <laughs> and uh, in addition to that, my only caveat is with that theory that we continue to bring in ready-made players. Uh, and my concern is that, you know, we're going to try and push these Paredes type players, you know, these young kids, you know, which Pjanic was a little bit, just had a little bit more experience in a larger league, uh, mm-hmm. into these crucial roles. And I think the beauty of this Mercato that we had last summer is why the team is flourishing because yes, they went after the young guys and they brought some more of them in. But mm-hmm. at the same point in time, we got Mike on, we got Strutman, we got, uh, Benatia and, you know, so Morgan there's, DeSantis. yeah, exactly. Morgan DeSantis who had not only, you know, has years and experience, but, mm-hmm. Italy experience knows how to command a back line, which we haven't had from a goaltender in who knows how long. So mm-hmm. it was the perfect mixture of, um, of, of that veteran 
know-how, but also youth and skill to match. Uh, so that's what I'd love. I'd love to see. Um, so if we do lose a Pjanic, you know, let's let's make it be for somebody that can step in and know that we won't have uh, have lost anything. I mean, it was brilliant the the moves in in January where we lost Bradley, who. I was a fan of, I thought he was a very serviceable player off the bench and knew that he would get time because, uh, you know, suspensions, injuries, whatever. Um, but bringing in Raja and, and the, you know, fantastic job that he's done and he's an upgrade. So that's kind mm-hmm. of what we always want to see. So fine. If we lose players, I get it, but there has to be an eye towards, uh, an upgrade. And so far, Sabatini's really been able to do that, which has been quite amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we, we sign him with a clause, it's a win-win either way, I think, because the, the work of Sabatini last summer was really incredible. Uh, and if we can get 30, 35 from Pjanic, which also would be uh, a lot of money, um, I think a, a guy like Sabatini could do wonders again, uh, as well as I think also the club kind of needs... We most likely have the Champions League money as well, but in in uh, in the midst of building a new stadium, I think we can't expect uh, a big shopping spree uh, without selling perhaps well, one one player like Pjanic. I think the monies are not related. I mean, with with the deals that they're working on um, with sponsorships and uh, all the other financial entities that are going to participate and help the building, I don't think they're going to be penny pinching because of the building. I think the building, if anything, is going to be something that helps get them better players and they may look to spend a little bit more because they've got the building coming. That's just my two cents. They might have to sell to make the books look better. And uh, But Champions League will probably save our asses, so it's all yep. good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I would hold forth um, just to... To see what happens um, next season with um, with uh, God willing the Champions League um, and not uh, hopefully having to go through a qualifier to get into it and how we do in the league um, and in the Champions League um, with the simultaneous um, stadium development and construction and that will probably point you know the way. Um, uh, not so much, you know, for what goes on this summer, but um, in the next uh, January window um, and beyond that. Yeah, th- those are those are really good points as well. Um, you know, the the beauty or the the best case scenario, I guess, would be we keep Pjanic and we bring in somebody else that mm. can compete <laughs> for that role because, like you just mentioned, Jeffrey, that, that's it's going to be a lot more. Calcio being played next season than they're having yeah. to do this year. And what some of the other Italian teams are finding out is, is that, you know, you really can't afford to drop off on quality, um, mm. to when you are going through these additional, uh, tournaments. So, you know, they really need to bring in additional talent, not necessarily, you know, trading one for one. So yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see mm-hmm. exactly what Champions League money does. To their mercato, and and like Alex pointed out, you know they probably still have to, you know, be thinking a little bit more on the thrifty side because they're not quite out of the out of the red yet. So it'll be an interesting summer. Since we already touched two major uh, topics, um, 
new stadium and Struthman injury. Um, so the worst news of the year is Struthman, obviously. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you guys want to add anything to that besides the fact that he will be out for how long? It was pretty terrible. I mean, I think he's expected to to join them shortly after. I think the they start up uh, training again. Um, so maybe late July, mid to late July. Um, I, I heard from the worst was nine months and the best was five months. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's mm-hmm. correct. Um, so five months would put him in August, I guess. Uh, At the best. Yeah. At the best. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we're talking about a world-class athlete um, who is in phenomenal shape, and his body's going to, you know, recover uh, a lot more quickly than you know the average person getting this procedure. So, um, I think we can probably and hopefully lean towards the five months. But you know, we really won't know until he's uh, maybe a couple months into it. But I have to ask you guys because. Um, I missed the first 20 minutes of that game. Um, he actually injured himself and then played on, which mm, seemed a bit weird when you look at the replay of the first the first incident where you actually see his knee uh, twisting. And then he plays on, and out of nowhere, he just snaps. Did you guys see this, and what did yep. what, what did you guys think when it happened, the first incident? Because when I looked at the replay uh, after the game, I was like, how could they even play him after that? Because for all I know, the, the, the knee was going to snap either way. I don't know, but it was just so weird to see it happen on the pitch two minutes after. Watching the game um, was... Um, you just can't help but um, really cringe um and and feel for a player when they go down like that um especially when uh it's it's off you know of of the ball off of a tackle i think that garcia you know um probably should have taken him off um immediately and um it's uh, unfortunate that 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 happened but you know players as well uh, i think sometimes could uh could give the signal a little bit sooner as well that that they want to to that they or they feel that they need to come off and for somebody who's um as as strong as Strutman he may just have have felt that he he would have been able to push through um okay. yeah. yeah i think uh you know i'm i'm definitely leaning more towards that side because this is an issue because the injury happened after that scenario, if you look back at any player in any game, any time someone has ever come off and they've come back on and there was no issues, you know, there's a good chance that that's what everybody was thinking. He said, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. They yeah. busted it. They, you know, they wiggled his knee around, said, oh, yes, he's got stability. He's fine. Um, but, you know, the, the, the one caveat to that is that he was dealing with a weak other leg, which may have put too much stress. I mean, it's really hard to tell. He could have injured that knee in the other game as well, and nobody even knew. And then when mm-hmm. he tweaked it in, you know, the game for Roma, that was really kind of what uh, what set it off. So, I mean, not that we're trying to ask for or claim that anybody was at fault for for having him out there. I just, 
I just think it was in, you know, one of those things that, that generally sucked. <laughs> and it, it sucks mm-hmm. for him more so that it's a World Cup year and that he's going to miss that. Yeah. Uh, it, it sucks, uh, that he's got to go through surgery and the rehab, but he's very driven guy. He's, uh, very motivated and I think he's, he's going to come back in phenomenal shape and I don't think there will be anything missed. Um, when he returns to playing as far as what he can do for Roma. All right. So, uh, guys, I'm, um, I'm the stadium. Yes. Let's uh, move on from the most, uh, sucking news of the year to the most exciting news <laughs> of the year. All right. Are we back recording? Yeah. All right. Then we can keep all of this, especially your awesome intro of going from sucky to most exciting. Uh, <laughs> so this past week we had the unveiling or unveiling as uh Italo Zanzi was preferring to say it uh, of the the at least the proposed stadium as it sits today um Dan Mays, I think that's how you say his last name. If not, I apologize. Uh the architect in charge um you know kind of hinted that you know they're Still some things that, that may be addressed. I know that they're, they're looking at the Curva Sud area and, and really trying to make sure that that is a huge win. If nothing else, that they completely nail what they want that experience to be. Um, so there may be some tweaks here and there, but overall impressions, um, what you were hoping for, uh, any thoughts and any feelings, you know, that you had when, on uh was it Wednesday's press conference. Jeffrey, why don't we start with you? Absolutely. I, I, I really love the design um for the stadium, the the shell of the stadium, the exterior. Um and I really appreciate the care that was put into it and the 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 visual um allusions to um to the Coliseum, uh of course. And I think it's it's a gorgeous design. I'm I'm really um relieved and 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 happy um you know for the way that it uh it, in the renderings of course the way that um that it will look. I agree as well. I think it was it looks amazing. Um but at the same time I'm I'm perhaps a bit skeptic from a fan's point of view uh given the mm. the the problems with fans throw, throwing bombs and certain stuff into the pitch. Um, I love how they want to get closer to the pitch, like in England. Uh, mm-hmm. They just need to bring in, uh, and they definitely will if they go for this design, uh, cameras to to catch the uh, the guys who will certainly, you know, um, um, break the rules. I don't know if I can trust the fans uh, just yet <laughs> to to think this will go smoothly to right. sit so close, but I, I yep. want it to be. I know that I know that there are some some issues out there, but um, by and large, when you consider what goes on on a daily basis or weekly basis in league, you know we can kind of look to that as the uh, the beacon of hope, so to speak, mm-hmm. that uh, that they'll kind of turn things around. And and you know, there's been a lot of emphasis on technology and security um, when people have t- when you know executives and everybody has talked about this um, this this new stadium. So maybe. Perhaps the fact that the Olympico has none of that infrastructure in place is why it's allowed to be so uh, expansive um, when when Roma plays at home. So maybe when they know that they won't be able to get away with it as much 
or that there are real consequences that are going to come along with it that, uh, you know, that they, they won't in essence, you know, that they'll, they'll kind of cut back and, and understand that like, Hey, listen, let's, let's focus on what we really want to focus on, which is cheering Roma on as they come up through the ground. What? Right. <laughs> through a hydraulic, um, uh, yeah, hydraulic yeah. lift, correct? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So that one's a little bit iffy right now in my head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that that's one of those things that, I mean, it's just, um, it sounds great in theory, but, um, once the novelty of something like that wears off, right. um, gosh, it sounds like it could be a little bit tiresome. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that doesn't make the cut, if that's one of the things that doesn't make the cut, I won't be upset. Um, Agreed. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see kind of the rest of it. Like what, what's the rest of that little mini town, you know, going to be and, and the other commerce opportunities and, and things that they're going to build around it. And, and I know that they mentioned that, uh, you know, plans for a, you know, public transit stop there. So that's good. Mm-hmm. So all the other kind of ancillary things that, um, are going to help make it successful shops and easy ease of transportation. So all those other logistics, I'm kind of curious, uh, to read about and then, or to, yeah, to hear about. And then, uh, Enzo, uh, posted, uh, a really good story on his blog into the net. So basically it was, he, he's excited, but he's, you know, somewhat cautiously optimistic because, you know, James Pelota can sit there and say, I'm from Boston. It, you know, Rome doesn't scare me, but it's an incredible, you know, political process to try and get anything done in Rome. And until uh, I believe uh, Enzo says, uh, pardon me, Enzo, as I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, so he sees men with hard men with hard hats digging, then you know he's really gonna you know he's not gonna get too uh, too optimistic about it. Um, and he made a a comparison to we've all seen the pretty video before, referring to when the the Sensies had their video of their you know proposed stadium go out, and and obviously nothing ever happened there. Um, not that he's trying to draw comparisons between the two ownerships, but but simply the fact that there's a difference between having a great plan and then actually building it. So I am, uh, I am very much in, in Enzo's uh, camp but, with regards but, to that. Um, but anyway, so exciting news nonetheless, and we don't want to kind of, you know, knock it down. I mean, this is very, very exciting news uh, for Romo. The, the uh, implications for having their own stadium uh, are going to be very, very far reaching in terms of the product that will actually play within um, so I'm, I'm very excited, uh, for it and cannot wait for it to be done. I'm thrilled too. And I, I think that I'll just add one further point on it is that, um, having, um, uh, its own, uh, Roma having its own stadium, um, is something, especially when it's got a visually, um, distinct facade or exterior to it is, is another, um, a uh, visual um identity marker that can be tied back to the club yep. and you know be used of course for the marketing and and for branding um you know as as we go forth um as a club so i think it's going to be uh, really uh, the value will be repaid uh, in that way and that's uh you know one thing that i i i have not lost sight of and and have kind of been hanging my hat on 
and it's easy for you, Jeffrey, or, or I to say as Americans, but it has been mission one since that ownership group has taken over to build this club up in its entirety. And so when they would do little like social media things or marketing things and everyone's like, oh, whatever, we just want to win games on the pitch. It's like, take a step back. There is a huge vision here that that is being employed and mm-hmm. it is all going to eventually lead to a much bigger and better Roma. So in my mind, yes, they've had some missteps. The logo thing was poorly timed and all that. But by and large, they are doing all the right things to try and give us the Roma we feel we deserve and yeah. that the, the, the players deserve. I would agree. And I also think um, even though Italian politics, you're allowed to be uh, skeptical, um, <laughs> mm. uh, I think... If Italy wants to get back uh, on the soccer map uh, and wants to get the European Cup or the World Championship, yep. they need to uh, stay behind projects like these because Absolutely. at the moment Absolutely. the Italian football is, you know, it's a uh, it's a uh, not the top of the class compared to the other leagues. It's really. Mm-hmm. It, it, something needs to be done, and these projects can only help Italian football. So I, yeah. I'm hoping that that the, the politicians also see this, because if they dream of a stronger, you know, a Serie A, they they can't stop things like these. Yep. So um, you know, yeah, you, Juventus have done it, Roma is doing it, Inter is probably doing it with uh, Tohir. In five years, I'm I, I'm hoping for. A different scenario than we are currently in. Awesome. All right. So um, before uh, the questions, uh, you brought it up, Greg, but uh, Romagnoli was a guy you wanted to to bring up, and I said, Yeah, I mean, I just think that you know, he's a, a center back by trade. But I, I can't remember who somebody had said that uh, a little bit earlier uh, in his career he had played a little bit of uh, fullback, but. Um, basically thrust into a position of necessity. Uh, and I just want to kind of bring it up because I, I think he's done a really, really great job. He's not devastating going forward. He's not much of anything actually going forward, but he has really helped that back line uh, stay firm, hasn't really given anything away. Um, and I just think he's done a great job, and I thought it was uh, important that we kind of called that out because – it can't be young on a 19-year-old kind of put in that position, playing a position where at least it's not the thing that he's known for. It doesn't mean that he hadn't ever played it before, but it's not the thing that kind of got him on the team. And when you look at opportunities at center back really kind of don't exist for him right now, he took a chance or, or you know, he took the opportunity that was given to him. And I think he's really kind of made the most of it. That was all I really wanted to say, but you guys can chime in as well. Yeah, he's... Uh He's really been fantastic, I think, and it's in, it's it's very much encouraging. I mean, he's he's what uh, still nineteen. Yep, I think so. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it bodes fantastically well for us. I think. Yep. Yeah, and also that he plays because I think he can slot in in the in, in the middle. Even uh, we have Taloy who mm-hmm. had his first game last week, and actually, um, maybe. I can ask you guys afterwards what you thought of his debut, but um, just to have him playing so much already, he's 19 years old, you know he's going to be uh, among 
the uh, the squad for many more years to come. Yep. And he's a Roma yep. boy. Uh, it's really, it's really, it's great in so many levels. So it's it's great to have that pipeline um, of of uh, people who are uh, really bred in the Roma tradition, um, and then complemented um, by the, the 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 players that that we bring in from outside clubs. Um, so it, it keeps that line of continuity going. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it's if we can kind of keep that mix running, I think we're going to find a pretty successful formula, you know, continuing like the one we've got going right now, which is awesome. But uh, Toloi, did you guys uh, see the the his first game? Did I did. Um, I, I thought he was good. I thought he was pretty stable. Um, that being said, I thought Kestan was <laughs> an absolute beast. Yeah. Um, he was all over the place. Now, I don't know if that was by design or not. Uh, but he, he had like a great Benatia game. <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. You know, Benatia is all over the place and Castan is generally the, you know, the, the more stable in position and, and, uh, and things like that when you have your, your front and back center backs, if you will, so to speak. Um, but Castan was everywhere and I think it really kind of helped. Toloi settle into the game a bit. Uh, some people were trying to, to blame him for the goal, and but what a goal! For that, Jesus, well, sorry. Yeah, but what a goal! I mean, come that's on. what I was going to say. I mean, if if Immobile mm. takes that ball down, Toloi is in perfect position to defend him. Um, so that just took. It was a great play, you know. And and you, sometimes you just got to tip your hat. So. Uh, I thought he played well. I, if he was, were to go out there again, I, I would not be concerned. Um, provided again, Castan or Benatia was at his side just because those two guys are, are having phenomenal years. Yeah. But, but he needs time to adapt. So, uh, yeah, for sure. He can one, only get better. Yeah. All it right. was one game and, and, uh, and I thought he did a great job and, and, you know, we didn't really even touch about, touch on that game, but, um, other than the result, but it, fantastic, uh, Fantastic goal by Florenzi to get the win. And, uh, I saw this, I think it was Lee Roberts, um, had posted on Facebook or perhaps and Twitter, uh, a video that somebody, he was at the game, but somebody else had taken, um, I think from the Curva Sud, maybe somewhere. I, I can't remember where. Uh, but just as the ball is getting to Gervinho and as Gervinho is approaching the box, right before he passes it, Destro, and it wasn't on any of the other angles that I had seen, Destro cuts into the middle, and as he's doing it, he points back to Florenzi saying, like, I'm going this way to create space for you to pass it to him. <laughs> and that's what led to the passing goal, which I thought was fantastic and shows a lot of the growth in the movement off the ball that we're seeing from Destro, which created that space for, for Florenzi. So that was really impressive. Yeah. I must agree. Um, and to add a smaller point, Gervinho plays all the time, but he yeah. never seemed yeah. to be to be uh, tired. So uh, it's incredible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what, what cracked me up about that is it was in the I think Garcia's press uh, post game press conference today, and he was like, "and and Gervinho only played 82 minutes, so he'll be fine." And it's like only two, right? Because those that last eight that he didn't play would have been the killer. Yeah. You know? He played, he played like every minute of it. I mean he did have a spell of injury early on in the year, but 
But still, I mean, the guy is out there, and he doesn't, like you said, Al, he doesn't stop even when he is. So impressive, to say the least. Yeah. Let's uh, move into uh, some of the questions we got, because I wanted to talk about Destro, and I think it's a perfect segue into two questions on Twitter from Andy Salusi and uh, Theron91. Uh, they asked the same question. Do we need a new striker, and who would you realistically like to uh, to bring in? What do you guys think? Do we need a new striker? I don't think Destro is, is completely ready yet for Europe. Um, and in that regard, um, I would say that we we should bring in um, somebody with more European experience um, to to help produce in the Champions League group stage um, and to to really try uh, to uh, guarantee as much as we can that we would finish well within a group. But does that mean uh older guy like uh, Drogba? To, because then you know Destro will get his chance sooner rather than later. Or do you want someone who is more or less younger and will, you know, he might be uh, giving Destro a harder time to, to get the playing time he needs? Because it's two different scenarios. We go for a, for a younger, better striker or we go for experience uh, someone like Drogba and uh, you know he has one year or two years left in him and then Destro is the player we have behind him yeah I'm I'm, I'm very torn about that I would be thrilled for um, a Drogba um, to to come in Um, and I I do think that this this year um, uh, hopefully being back in Europe and getting through um, you know, with a strong finish to this this season, but um, that that being back in Europe is going to be a little bit experimental for us, and I I would probably lean more towards getting in um, somebody with more experience. Uh, you know, I think it it kind of goes back to the conversation we were having about midfielders, where. Um, you, the depth is just required when you when you're going to Europe, and if you don't want to fail in Europe, so they're gonna need additional strikers. So to answer the do they or don't they, yes. Uh, and I'm actually I'm pretty pretty much big in favor of a Drogba type uh, who has that length of experience. And as as you said, Alex, you know he's kind of he doesn't have that much left in him so he's just a bridge guy so mm. you get you get Destro to spend some time on the ears of Drogba and and learn from him um while at the same point in time he's not going to play every game so Destro's still going to play a bunch perfect just like this year um and get some get a chance to learn under a guy who you know probably has a little bit more well he certainly has a heck of a lot more in common with Destro than Totti does uh, so he can learn a little bit more about that kind of a role, um, where to be, how to position yourself, how to move even better. Uh, so I would be in huge favor of that. And then the, obviously, as Jeffrey pointed out, the European experience is, uh, you know, is, is tremendous, you know, upside with, with Drogba there. Um, certainly has, uh, you know, high pedigree in Champions League, et cetera. So I would definitely be in favor of him. Um, you know, if we racked our, our brains, 
for more than the two minutes we're giving ourselves here. We could probably come up with some additional names that are uh, akin to Drogba, but since he's kind of the, the, the fashionable name thrown out, um, I would definitely be very happy with him on the squad next year. We had one other question uh, from, from Lee. Lee Roberts. Yeah, the aforementioned Lee Roberts. Um, who do we want to win tonight, uh, Napoli or Juve? Jeffrey, what are your thoughts on the, the match? Gosh, you know, these these are the types of games where you just wish that, um, well, you never, uh, I'm, I'm not the type of person who wishes for anything terrible to happen to anyone, but, you know, if at least temporarily, you know, the um, the earth would uh, would open up and swallow the, the two teams and that it would just be uh, uh, abandoned, the match would be abandoned, that would be, that would work for me, but... Um, Way to so go in all any, in. Yeah. <laughs> but in any case, no, I would say, um, uh, as much as I hate to, to say it, I, I do, I, I would prefer to see Juventus win. Alex. Uh, draw is, is fine. Keeps draw. us, uh, mm. uh, you know, I don't want Juventus to be that far away. I just, I expect them to win. It's not about that. I just don't right. want it to be, you know, too bad. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident Napoli will take the third. Uh, they have some difficult games as well. And, uh, we just look so solid defensively. I don't see us suddenly losing a lot of games because I think that's really what's going to decide the second, second spot is which team will slip up when you least expect them to. And I don't mm-hmm. see Roma. Losing games, I can see them drawing against certain teams, but you know, Napoli has have some blunders here and there, um, and they have conceded twice as much as us. So I, I don't see anything changing dramatically the next uh, games. Generally, when I initially was thinking through this, I, I was not too dissimilar from both of you, uh, and then again, I was. I've learned, I've learned this season to really kind of trust Garcia and from the man who says, il debi non si gioca, il debi si vince, he said that he wants Napoli to win because we're going to keep hope until we're mathematically eliminated, in essence. So I'm going to just continue to go along with, with Garcia and, and hope that Napoli can win, and Juve maybe falls in that hole that Jeffrey spoke of so eloquently, <laughs> and uh, and and you know there's there's still a chance. So um, yes, I, I I completely agree. Locking up second is the realistic uh, um, you know end game for us. But um, I love the fact that he came out and said that. So just for for right now, I'll I'll go along with Rudy and. Uh, and and we'll see see what happens at the end of the year. So uh, should Roma go and hide in James Franco's house? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> it, it seemed safe at least for uh, the first half of that movie. <laughs> Outstanding. All right. All right. I think uh, I think we have enough uh, as well. Awesome. Great. Well, one who. Uh, Give a very special thanks to Jeffrey Busman and the AS Roma Philly team uh, for spending some time with us today. And, Thank uh, you very much. 
Yeah, no, it's it's like I said, it's 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 great having having you guys, you you know, people like you on the pod because uh, you know you get a chance to do what we virtually <laughs> can do, and and we mm-hmm. always talk about doing. Like I've actually met Alex in person, and it was um, pretty awesome to to mm-hmm. do that. Um, and uh, you know, but the fact that you guys kind of get together when you can, hopefully, you know. I know you try mm-hmm. on a every game basis, but life and other things get in the way. But the fact that you sure. get together and, and get to uh, share Roma is is pretty awesome because that's that's what we're trying to do virtually here is is share our vision of Roma and and we Absolutely. yeah we talked a little bit about it during our intermission <laughs> during recording of how <laughs> you know we we virtually are sitting at the bar and and just talking about our our favorite club and and you guys get to do that so. Thank you yeah. so much for for sharing that with us. Thank you, and and of course a big shout out and a big thanks to all all the people who do come out to the meetups um, for the the Philly group. And we're still looking for people who are out there. We're still yes. identifying people, you know, existing Roma fans or even new Roma fans who are in the Philadelphia area. Um, and we just would love to meet you. Um, so find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Awesome. So just so I get it straight, it's at AS Roma Philly on Twitter. I want to make sure that we promote you correctly. And, That's right. Uh, all right. Well, again, very special thanks to Jeffrey Busman and for Alex and Greg. This is La Magicast. Grazie Roma. Grazie Roma. Ciao. Ciao.